Hello, hello. Daily football report number 29. Quarterbacks who have overachieved in the NFL for tomorrow's the Super Bowl. How are you doing today? Man, it's finally here, isn't it? We are 24 hours away from the Super Bowl, and I am hyped up, bro. Well, even less than. But you know, man, I'm really hyped up for today's episodes because we like this a lot. I think it's easy to get lost about the quarterbacks, right, the teams, and we always forget where where the quarterback came from, right? They say never judge a man where he's at because you never know where he started. All right, so maybe NFL fans, we can get better about never judge a quarterback where he's at because we got to remember where he started. That is an incredible, incredible take. It is so true. You, you can't go you, – you got to look at where they're able to come from, right? You look at where they started, but you look at the where they're at today, and, and that is the important thing. Agreed, For So each of us are going to go three quarterbacks who we think have overachieved. Four, I'm going to let you go first. Who you got and why? All right, man. So for my first one, I went with Kirk Cousins. I looked at him like this, man. He was a fourth-round pick. He was drafted the same year to Washington that they drafted their future quarterback, the guy that they really, truly wanted to succeed, and Robert Griffin III. He had that adversity right out of the gate, and he was asked to come in sooner rather than later, relieving uh, Robert Griffin after he was hurt. Um, He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He's been in the playoffs, it seems like, every single year. Um, He's been a multi-year Pro Bowler, uh, a multi time playoff contender and also he's always really good in the regular season like even in his worst years his stats aren't terrible and yeah he struggles in the big game but it's something that I definitely can see him improving on now that he's kind of getting to the veteran stage of his uh of his career and yeah I think that Kirk Cousins is uh is a good first pick for me man what about you thank you for I like that a lot I think Cousins yeah, we rag on him about his primetime win-loss record. But, man, what a career he's actually had, right? Especially where he's come from. It, you got to show some respect to Kirk Cousins. It's easy to make fun of, well, is he playing at 10 a.m. or is he playing on primetime? You know, everyone always says that. And I get it. But the guy's a winner. He has won a lot of big games and a lot of big game moments. And... A lot of teams would kill to have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. All right. And I'm actually going to pick a quarterback who is similar to Kirk Cousins, whether this fan base wants to admit it or not. Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys. Fourth round pick. Remember, seems like just the other day he took over the job from Robo. All right, four. He's got some crazy career stats. He's got a 66.7 career completion percentage. All right. 97 starts. He's thrown 166 TDs, 65 picks, and a lot of those picks, it seems to have come in the last season, right? All right. But 97.8 career pass rating. Phenomenal. And his win-loss record for, which we love as a better. Look, we don't bet a money line. We take the spreads. But look, 61 wins out of 97 games played, 36 losses. That's 63% win percentage. And we'll take that. That is a fantastic pick. I will say another thing that I really want to touch on while we're while we're talking about these quarterbacks, Goggin, is just like we we just talked about Kirk Cousins' adversity coming in. Now we we look at Dak Prescott, and 
he had to come into a situation with a very, very uh, good quarterback in Tony Romo, who was the leader of that team, who was the franchise of that team. Uh, The torch was going to be passed, but I think it was passed a lot sooner than expected uh, with Dak Prescott's arrival. So just some more adversity there, you know, coming into a situation in a later round uh, and then exceeding and and thriving. And with that popular of a fan base, right? The Cowboys are always on primetime. They're always on the big stage. That's America's team, as they like to be known as. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of responsibility. It's probably the hardest media goggin outside of new york would you agree completely agree fantastic fantastic and that was a great take um i guess you know what i kind of want to spin this on you we weren't going to talk about this but Goggin, who would you take out of these two if if you if you were starting a franchise you have all your pieces filled and you need a quarterback are you taking kirk cousins or are you taking dak prescott that's so difficult uh, i don't know if there's a right answer i don't know if there's a wrong answer right because i think a lot of it depends on the play calling, but I would say pure perfect play calling in today's day and age with today's rules. I'll go Prescott. I'll go Prescott. Nice. Okay. I would, I actually agree. I think it's a very close one, but I would actually take Kirk Cousins. So I think that kind of backs up just how close that debate truly is. And, and if you look at it from a stats and analytical standpoint, how similar these two are. It was razor thin. I think ultimately it came down to where Dak has had a plethora of various wide receivers, whereas Cousins has had a superstar wide receiver, especially in Jefferson, right? So I, I kind of felt like I had to go Dak there. Uh, Dak also passed. They're both similar. They both pass to the tight ends a lot. A lot of passes to the tailback. Yeah. This is fantastic. All right. We will go to our next pick here. This is going to be our second of three picks. Uh, for me, I took somebody that might be a little bit frowned upon in this situation only because I think he's got kind of a, you know, people don't really think he's very good. And I I, I think you're crazy. I took Davis Mills. Look, it was a third round pick. He battled knee injury. And once again, I go back to that word adversity, you know, he had, I believe, two torn ACLs before he even got into the NFL. Uh, he comes in to a Texans franchise that's in an absolutely terrible state. He's asked to start, I believe it was the second game in the NFL. And it was one of those things, man, where he truly did thrive. I mean, the wins aren't there, but that's not on him. That defense is atrocious, and he doesn't have a ton of help. He was honestly able to do a lot with a little you look at his stats, he set the franchise rookie record for passing yards for the Texans, and his career stats are 33 touchdowns, 25 picks, but with that supporting cast, I hold that pretty darn high. So Davis Mills gets my second pick. Well said. That's, that's a great take. I mean, look, it's he's playing for the Texans, right? He's also gone through two coaches, a lot of changes, a lot of adversity there as well. Absolutely. I mean, if I had to honestly sit here and tell you who I believe the like the worst ran franchise is, after the Commanders, it's easily the Texans. So yeah, I, I think he's overcome a lot, a lot of adversity for uh, for Mills. Okay, my second quarterback. This is this is my all time favorite quarterback of last season. All right, I talk about him a lot. Taylor Heineke. All right, undrafted, undrafted in the twenty fifteen drafts. 
played for the Vikings as a free agent for a bit, was out of the league for a couple of years, came back, got it going with my Carolina Panthers, Coach Ron Rivera, and where we've really seen him thrive on the national stage has been for the Washington football team slash commanders. All right. And he took Tom Brady and your Buccaneers to the brim. Fantastic playoff game as well. And he's just fun to watch. And ultimately, he's a team guy. So who wouldn't want this guy in the quarterback room? And let's not kid ourselves here. He was one pass interference call, a very obvious pass interference call uh, in that game against the Giants from, once again, probably being a playoff team this year, right? And so you look at it, he's been served a bad hand in having to go to these teams, bounce around the league, no stability, finally gets in with the, you know, we just discussed this uh, with the Texans where I said, I believe they're the worst ran franchise. I true I will double down on that. They are. There there's not a lot of positive there outside of probably Riverboat Ron and Taylor Heineke and his determination to lead that team even though they are constantly slapping him in the face. So I love that, man. Undrafted. That's a great take. Thank you. And and honestly, let's just also forget like he came into a tough situation this past season and won five games, lost two, tied one. Like like you know, he did what he could do. He did all that he could do, and it's usually enough to get the win based off him having a winning record even after this season. So good on him. I'll go ahead and get you with my final uh, underrated uh, – sorry, who have overachieved quarterback. Uh, for me, it's going to be – this was probably the easiest one. And I'm going to take Mr. Irrelevant. That's right, the very last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. Purdy mania ran wild this season undefeated in the regular season and you know if he didn't get hurt against the Eagles it's tough to say what would have happened but they were firing on all cylinders and I just I I think there's a lot of respect there for Brock Purdy coming into that situation being able to keep that that train on track a team that had Super Bowl aspirations he got him one game outside of I just feel like that needs a lot of respect and uh we'll talk about you know, just him coming in, being the very last pick. Every team passed on him every single time. And on, on a weird coin flip situation, the Niners said, we're going to go get Brock Purdy. It's just crazy how it all worked out. Fantastic. Fantastic take. I like that. I know I bet against uh, Brock Purdy a lot. And I I got to say, he, he overachieved and he's done well. I'm excited to see what he can do this upcoming season. All right. My third quarterback, who I think has completely overachieved, and we forget it, and I'll tell you why. Jimmy Garoppolo, all right? Drafted late in the second round, 62nd pick. First off, 74 games played for. He's won 53 of them. A 72% winning record, all right? That's remarkable. 100 quarterback rating is his average. 100 quarterback rating as a, a passer. That's phenomenal, right? So I just, I got to say, there's something about Garoppolo, man. Like, yeah, we we want to knock the guy down because we want to or because we can. But part of it's like, look, he got drafted to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And let's not forget, Belichick wanted Garoppolo, all right? And yeah, 53 wins, 74 starts, like, he gets it done, all right? And I'm excited to see where he goes this upcoming season. 
Well, Gagan, I didn't want to touch on this in this episode, but you've just kind of got my uh, my brain sparked on this thought now that you just said it. That's a very forgotten thing. Belichick did want Garoppolo. And in fact, he wanted him so badly, he was willing to get rid of Brady years before Brady actually left. I'm going to spin something on you here. I know we did our quarterback carousel episode yesterday. It's doing fantastic in numbers. But I want to ask you something, Goggin. Could Jimmy Garoppolo potentially go back home to New England? I mean, Mac Jones doesn't seem to be the answer at the moment. He's struggling. Maybe they want to buy him some more time. What about going and get, getting someone that you already did believe in and has won Super Bowl? That's a very unique take. I like it a lot. I think Boston would open open their arms to Jimmy Garoppolo. The only thing to take into effect is McDaniels is not there, and that might cause problems for Garoppolo, all right? like Let's not forget, Belichick put a defensive coach as his offensive coordinator this past season, and look what it did to Mac Jones. That's very true. That's very true. I think it would be a good fit only because that offense doesn't demand too much of a quarterback, and I think that Jimmy Garoppolo – would be able to jump back into that offense regardless of the the changes they've made schematically um, and still be able to lead them. I mean, he wins games. And right now, the Patriots are struggling to win games. That would be a very interesting spot for Jimmy Garoppolo to end up. Look for when we were growing up, there was a famous song by DJ Khaled, All I Do Is Win. I didn't know he wrote the song for Jimmy Garoppolo, all right, because of his win-loss record. Wow, wow. Look, you know, I, I got to give you that one. That was pretty That was pretty creative. Um, and yeah, all he does is win. I mean, he's won everywhere he's gone. And, you know, we're on the Jimmy Garoppolo watch here on the DFR. We're very invested in to see where he'll go. And, you know, I, I want to throw one more thing at you. We kind of, there's kind of this narrative. And I, I think that you'll probably agree with this, that Bill Belichick is not very good at drafting. Have you kind of heard that before? Agreed. I have heard that. Well, I'm going to spin something on you here. If that's true, like we're looking at the free agent quarterback draft class right now, and we're kind of like watching, and we're looking at guys from, you know, Brady to now that he's retired, he's kind of off, but now we go to Garoppolo, and then we go to guys like Jacoby Brissett. And I'm just throwing this out here. These are all guys that Bill Belichick had in his quarterback room and did see potential in and quarterbacks probably the toughest position to draft and then get wins out of and I don't think he's given enough credit for that I know we kind of have different takes on Bill Belichick's legacy a little bit but come on that's kind of something impressive at one point the the quarterback room in in New England was Brissett, Garoppolo and Brady that's a great point I mean uh, there's a lot to it right I mean how much of that is these two quarterbacks learning from Tom, right? How much is it? How much is that? You're right. You're right. It very well could be, you know, and if that's the case, uh, hopefully the Bucks re-sign Blaine Gabbert and some of that Tom Brady magic wore off onto him. But yeah, it's interesting. Agreed. Agreed for. Well, that was it for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to address? No, man, I think that was it. You know, kind of a kind of a, a quick little episode for us. We know everybody's getting ready for the Super Bowl, and obviously we're going to be doing awesome a major live stream tomorrow with everybody so please be on the lookout for that uh hit us up on social media we'd love to take all comments in the game if you have anything that you see during the game you want us to read it on the air uh shoot it to us we'd love to get your comments on the air when we're doing our uh our reaction episode completely agreed four minus two for the eagles 
I know you're sticking by your Chiefs, right? Just put it on air. Let us know. Hammer Chiefs money line. You heard it here. Take them. Take them. Patrick Mahomes plus value. I'm never turning that away. Let's go. Fair enough. Look, look. It's all about Chiefs Kingdom. All about Chiefs Kingdom. We, I, 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 I'm ready to expose the frauds that are Philadelphia. Oh, man. Get out of here. Look, they're the same team. Philadelphia will win. Eagles fans, I know they like us. They like us a lot. And, uh, yeah, we're getting it. All right, Ford. Well, next time we talk, it's going to be Super Bowl uh, post-reaction, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Well, as always, fantastic talking with you. Everyone, get ready. The big game's tomorrow. Get your food ready. Get your hot takes ready. And come join us on the air for the reaction episode immediately following the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. Thank you. All right. And as always, we appreciate it. We're on YouTube and TikTok, Four Scene Sports, number four. We're on any podcasting platform out there. You'll find us, Daily Football Report. As always, thank you.